Blog Talk Radio.
at Sonoma Raceway, June 21st through 23rd. Be there as NASCAR's biggest stars take on a new course, including the infamous carousel, plus a jet show, activities for the kids, food, and much more. Celebrate Sonoma Raceway's 50th anniversary at the Toyota Save Mart 350, June 21st through 23rd. Tickets start at just $30, part of the Big O Tires racing season. For details, visit SonomaRaceway.com. On July 6th, gather your family and friends for summer's biggest celebration, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Experience a weekend of excitement with racing under the lights and celebrate Independence Day with patriotic tributes and the region's largest fireworks display over the infield at Daytona. The Coke Zero Sugar 400 will be a celebration to remember. Adult tickets start at $49, kids $20. Lock in your seats at 1-800-PIT-SHOP or DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Good evening from the man cave here in the Pit Stop Radio studios, just south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, I'm Tim Despain. Alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com is Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's up in Richmond, right outside of Richmond Raceway there. And tonight, come on the show, we've got at 20 after the hour, we've got driver of the number 23, Chevrolet and Arkham Menards series there. Uh, my good friend Brett Holmes is going to swing by. And then at, 20, at 40 minutes after the hour, we have Kyle Weatherman making his debut there with uh, Rick Ware Motorsports. But uh, again, uh, like I said, I'm Tim Spain, and I've got Stephen Wilson here. Stephen, how's the weather up there, brother? How you doing there? It would probably help if I brought you in the queue. I'm sorry, Stephen. Go ahead, brother. I said it's uh it's like spring up here uh today. Um it, it's been pretty much in the seventies, so it's been nice. Yeah, it's been nice here too. We've uh our humidity has been lower. We had a little bit had a had a light breeze. We're not in the seventies. We were in like the mid eighties, maybe a little bit eighty six, eighty seven. It's felt a lot better, Stephen. But again the number to call in is two one five. 383 I'm Tim Spain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, we got the penalty report today out of Michigan Raceway. Uh, do you have it up? Uh, it was mainly just normally what we get, uh, tires and wheels, section 10.9.10.4, but we had uh, the 37 team in the cup, the 41 team, and uh, the number two team in the Xfinity Series there. They got popped for the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just an ongoing thing every week. Uh, you know, it's that's what happens. Um, nothing real major, but, you know, we just see this time and time again every week that there's one or two teams that typically get tagged by it. And, um, you know, NASCAR post-race takes and um, does a wheel and lug check on, on the cars. And, you know, they, uh, you know, they... Uh, you know, they'll, they'll get you on it, but you know, again, it's nothing real major. It's um, not a showstopper for sure, and you know, most of these teams, like I said, they they just take it and go on with it. That's right. See, we have a lot to cover tonight with the uh, trucks being in Texas, expanding cup being there at uh, Michigan. Before we get our guests coming on, I want to jump into this Greg Biffle deal there, Stephen. I want to. Play a little bit. Uh, some of our listeners might not know. Greg Biff was come back and run the run the KBM truck there at Texas and come back and won the damn race. 
But I want to play a little bit of that. Maybe it's in the audio, and then we'll talk a little bit about that and try to try, try to get everything going because, like I said, we've got a lot to talk about. So let's listen to what Greg Biffle had to say in the minutes in there at Texas Motor Speedway. We're now joined by the winning driver and the winning crew chief of tonight's SpeedyCash.com 400 and the winner of the first leg of the trip, driver of the number 51 Toyota, Greg Biffle, and his crew chief, Rudy Fugel. We'll open up to questions. Go here and then to Holly. All right, this is a question for both of you guys. Of course, Kyle Busch Motorsports has had quite an interesting season, and with, of course, Kyle winning all of his truck races, now you guys coming in with Greg. First race right out of the bat. How does it feel to just come back here and prove that guys like you can still get the job done regardless of that three-year layoff? Um, I mean, it, it feels really good to, to be able to come back and uh, drive a, a, a good, fast truck. And, you know, I, I learned a tremendous amount tonight. I wasn't sure the first part of this thing, you know, it went green, and I felt really good about the speed of our truck. And, and then the second and third run, I didn't feel like uh, I was, you know, figuring out how to get around these guys. We ended up getting the lead, and then the uh, guys dra drafted right by me. So I knew I had my work cut out for me to figure out the, the draft of these trucks and, and what they drive like. And, you know, they, they, made a, they made it easy for me. They gave me a really good truck. Uh, pit stops were phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the, the, we worked really good in practice, you know, three or four, three practice sessions to get the thing uh, driving you know, driving the way it felt good to me. Uh, we worked really well together, so it was uh, it was a, it was a great opportunity for me. I'm I'm so happy to be able to come back and, and run that well. And Rudy, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, KBM so far, what a year! I mean, obviously, um, Kyle's in the headlines for a lot of things about what he says, but if you really look at things, we've got six out of nine wins, and uh, and then uh, the three of the places we didn't win, one was Daytona, which is what it is, and. Uh, over in Kansas, we got a third place finish out of some of our other guys. So, yeah, we got to get going a little bit better, more consistent with the other two. But um, Harrison fought and finished fifth tonight. So, definitely uh, try to get these trucks better so that they're easier for everybody to drive. But, um, you know, the commu communication, crew chief, engineer, driver, kind of will keep working on that with everybody to uh, to get where we're able to achieve. Uh, us two are working together, and, and, and Kyle got involved on the phone with both of us, and we were able to make really good decisions. Holly Kane, the NASCAR Wire Service. Greg, could you tell me what you honestly expected to do tonight? Did you, did you? I mean, obviously the truck has done very well this season, and you've won races, and you've won races here before, but did you come in here thinking, I'll be happy with a top five, top ten, or did you think you were going to win? And secondly, I guess the half-million-dollar question is, have you spoken to Kyle tonight, and do you expect you may be able to uh, race in the next couple of these incentive races? Yeah, so so many things went through my head about um, w what I was going to expect or what what I thought was going to happen here tonight or this this whole weekend. And probably first and foremost, I just didn't want to make any mistakes. And and you know, I'd been out of the the driver's seat for almost three years, and I just didn't want to come in here and make make any mistakes. I didn't want to run bad, so to speak. You know, I didn't want to run fifteenth and not be able to. Um, perform the way that these trucks have performed so that first and foremost that was my worry uh, I felt like um, my anticipation was we'd be able to run in the top five I, I thought 
fairly uh, confident that we'd be able to run in the, you know, right around in the in the top five, top top eight. And uh, you know, ultimately, the win is always in the back of your mind. You know, what am I? What's going to do to win? And these things are humbling. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, practice, man. I've I've been doing this a long, long time, and so I probably kept my spirits up but I wasn't as fast as I wanted to be in practice uh, the final practice I was 15th and uh, that you know that didn't sit well with me and I thought long and hard about it and I, I felt like the truck drove really really good and our lap average was better than that but I just didn't have that single lap speed so I was a bit nervous about it but after talking to Kyle you know and, and the way practice is these, these trucks can put down some fast laps and then when the when the race comes it's hard to put those really fast laps down. We see it in the Cup Series as well. But uh, I, I didn't, you know, I was hoping I could win, but certainly didn't come here thinking that th it was going to be easy. I haven't. Uh, Claire B. Lang informed me that him and Marcus Lamonis are uh, talking back and forth on Twitter as we speak about me racing races or driving or whatever. So. I think I'm 35 texts in. So <laughs> conversations going ongoing. My phone is in we'll my my phone's in the motorhome, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll get a hold of it when I get back over there. I'm not like Brad Keselowski. I don't carry it in the car. So. Steve now a little bit there of uh, Greg Biffle there running the KBM truck there at Texas Motor Speedway this past weekend, and to let some of our listeners know to. Stephen, put in perspective exactly how tough it is for a driver like Greg Biffle. He's been out of the cup car for three years. Been out of a truck probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years. Just put in perspective as a media member that you are on how tough a deal this was for Greg to come back and win this race there at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, I don't know if it was, it was exact tough. Um. Well, I mean, I guess it was in one sense because there are a lot of tough competitors in the truck series today. Um, we see that with, um, you know, we have as many as 10 or 15 or 18 different truck dr or truck drivers that are very, very competitive week in and week out, and they show up to every race. Some of these people are really tough to pass, um, and it's really hard to win. But as far as just being, like, hard for him, um, I don't know if it's, you know, he, he has a natural driving ability that he can jump back into these vehicles. And while he's been out of a cup car for, like you said, three years, and I think uh, 2000, 2008 or 2009 was the last time he was in a truck at Homestead. So, you know, he was 10, 11 years or something out of a truck. Um, you know, these trucks, they've fundamentally changed over the last 10 or 12 years. And, um, you know, for him to go out there and not only be as fast as he was in practice and qualifying, but also be able to battle back throughout the race, because at one point he was, you know, as he said, he didn't want to run around 15th or something like that, but he was at one point. And uh, it, it, he was able to use the pit stops to his advantage, and he was able to, to pass the trucks that he needed. And, you know, Matt Crafton is a tough driver, and if he's behind you or in front of you, it doesn't matter which way, he's going to make it incredibly tough to pass, or he's going to make it incredibly tough on you to stay in the lead. 
Um, and I think you saw Greg Biffle working multiple lines around Texas um, to keep Crafton at bay. Uh, Crafton was able to make some runs on him, but um, you know, Biffle showed that you know at 49 years old, he can go out there and get himself in a truck, and this, this equipment is probably some of the best equipment in the world, and go out there and win. And I think it just kind of goes, you know, Kyle Busch kind of, I, and it's kind of like a side conversation to that, but, you know, Kyle Busch had earlier in the week and even weeks prior said, look, you know, we've got these young drivers in the, in our vehicles. They're the best vehicles, trucks in the world, and they're not winning, and they need to step up. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing him to some degree. Um, but, you know, uh, and I think this shows that, you know, when you put a driver, a seasoned driver in the truck, Kyle Busch gets in the truck, wins five out of six races that he gets in this year. Greg Biffle gets in the truck for, you know, being out of seat three hour, three years in the Cup Series, 10, 11 years, whatever, in the truck season goes out there and wins. And I just, I think that just shows the natural ability that, you know, these drivers have. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it does continue to make it incredibly tough on some of the other drivers that are in that KBM stable. Um, you know, um, Burton and Gillen, they're both going to have to be wondering, you know, Greg Biffle came in here and hasn't been in the car in a while, and he's 49 years old, and um, he come in here and he beat us and won the race, and, you know, probably nobody was really expecting him to do so. So, you know, I think it makes their job more incredibly tough because I think it just hones in on what Kyle Busch had said earlier, and I think them two, was pro- they're probably going to have to now – I mean, they had to step up to some degree when Kyle said that, but now that Biffle has gone in there and shown exactly what these trucks can do for a driver that's a one-off driver, maybe he'll come back for some more. We don't really know at this point, but he's a one-off driver at this point, and he was able to come in there and win the race. And, um, you know, I think that it's incredibly tough on those two, and I think that if they don't put up, they're going to be in danger of losing their seats. Exactly, Stephen. You put that to a listener's perspective. And to add to that, like you said, Greg, Greg Biffle is 49, same age I am. Greg, Greg Biffle put that 51 Toyota truck there, Kyle Busch racing, on the third row, P6, at a 29.413 or 183.592 there at Texas. And that just goes to show you, like you mentioned, putting a guy in a good and some good equipment. And also, he had pit stall 36. That also throws out there about the pit crew that Kyle Busch Motorsports has that he put under Greg Biffle. And it's just like like you said, this is going to make a statement to some of these younger guys like, hey, this guy is close to retirement. He's done come back, and he's kicking ass in a truck for the first time back. And, I mean, you know, Stephen, what else? What what bigger statement could Greg Biffle make? And do you think Biffle will get an opportunity down the road and some KBM stuff or maybe some other stuff there in the truck series, that finish series, and maybe even come back to Cup? I don't know if uh, you're going to see Greg Biffle back in a Cup car, um, but I do think that, you know, uh, this weekend going into Iowa, uh, they missed the cutoff. They're not going to be able to complete for – you know, the the next round and the triple truck challenge and another $50,000. But I think the argument can probably be made that they 
should get that, that truck, that 51 truck, or another truck that's sitting around there at, at KBM and enter him at Gateway so that he can potentially get another another $50,000 uh, uh, win and possibly another $250,000 um, you know, for winning two out of three. So, yeah, I think it's a huge statement, and I think it's worth the risk for KBM to do that. I would definitely agree, Stephen. I think Suzanne has our first guest in the screen room. I'm going to give her time to, to talk to him. I don't want to jump into really nothing big to talk about. But, I mean, it was a pretty big deal having a uh, Monday evening cup race there this past weekend there at uh, Michigan. And I know uh, Brett and all them, they were up there. They didn't have to deal with the actual rain and all that stuff like uh, like everyone else did. But, Stephen, let's go ahead and bring on uh, my good friend, uh, driver of the number 23, Chevrolet for Brett Holmes Racing and the NASCAR Experience. I say experience. In the Arca Bedard Series, Mr. Brett Holmes. Let me find the button, Brett. I can't find it. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Brett Holmes there, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, brother? Hey, good, man. How are you? I'm doing good, Brett. Thank you for taking time to call in uh yeah i know you're probably down in god's country you you down there at auburn university tonight no sir i'm i'm at home in, in munford right now uh i'm done with uh school for the summer so i don't go back till about middle of august sometime well the way the crow flies we could have brought you down here and done this done this in-house i guess but brett again thank you very much for coming on and before i get into any racing stuff uh I know you're a big sports fan, and uh, we lost Paula and Rob Rob Blamett a few weeks ago, the the voice of the Auburn Tigers. And you as a student at, at Auburn University, I know y'all done a big deal there for, for Rod and, and Paula. Can you talk a little bit about just how he what he meant to Auburn athletics? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was uh, – I mean, it's definitely sad to be here, and uh, we're definitely – uh, I think the Auburn family is just sorry for the, for the loss, and um, every one of us are. I mean, he was the the voice of the school and voice of athletics for for such a long time for uh, football, basketball, and baseball. And um, you know, it's uh, it, the the worst part about it is, you know, we know he'd definitely like to see how we're doing in baseball right now, going to the World Series. So um, yeah, we're definitely all. More than that, it, it was definitely a rough. Um, week or two there for Auburn. Um, we also have a, had a police officer um, uh, uh, was was shot in an armed robbery accident, uh, accident and um, he, he passed away as well. So it was definitely a, a rough week or two for us there. That's right. And Brett, from everyone here at uh, Pit Stop Radio and Speedway Digest, uh, we all said our condolences down there. We've already done that a, a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, Brett, thanks again for coming on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit before I hand you over to Stephen. This past weekend there at Michigan, you come home with a P3 finish. Had a damn good car, brother. You brought uh, Shane Huffman as your crew chief this year, and you're running a full-time schedule. 
Can you talk a little bit about what Shane has meant to you and how you and Shane communicate and just how much uh, – it seems like you're a lot happier this year than you were last year, Brett, if I can say that. I mean, for sure. I mean, you're a, as a driver, you're just a lot happier going to each race, race and leaving each race knowing that you've got a shot to be competitive. And um, I think the last couple of years I, I uh, kind of lost confidence in myself because we hadn't done that well. Um, and, and done as well as we wanted to and, um, you know, just all, also wasn't really that happy with, uh, you know, racing in general. You know, obviously racing is one of the sports that's got the highest of highs and lowest of lows, but um, right now I'm just really proud to see how far our team has come the past couple of years and the difference has been saying nothing. I mean, it's, um, there's no doubt about it. It's easy to see. Um, I mean, you know, we, we finished third this weekend in Michigan and uh, I, I've never, we've never ran well at intermediate tracks the first couple of years, and this is the first year we've been able to do that. So um, you can definitely show it's turned around, and um, this is our best finish since uh, 2000 and, um, 2016. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely showing it's paying off, and uh, we're in the running for the championship, and um, we never have been in, been that close before either. So um, we're, we're definitely um making a, a lot better improvement and, and changes, I think, uh, this past well, – from last year to this year. And, Brett, listen to your in-car radio this past weekend there at Michigan. Shane Huffman, just like you brought up the point there about uh, the big picture, uh, which I know that – I know you're going to get the win sooner or later. It's, a, it's just a matter of, of when, not if you're going to get that win, but – just how much does Shane Huffman calm you down? I mean, I know as a driver covering the NASCAR series like Cedar and I do, it's something that makes you want to just hammer down. But does Shane sort of calm you down and make you think about the big picture? Wait, wait. Did you say you were in the in-car camera this weekend? My my in-car on the radio this weekend? Is that what you said? No, I was talking about – I was listening to your in-car this weekend. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying, the radio, like the, the team communication on the radio? Yeah, that's right. I had, uh, well, I had heard some, uh, I had got a recording of it, and uh, Shane Huffman had told you to think about the big picture. Was that what Shane told you? <laughs> yeah, I was just, uh, I don't know, I just thought it was, it was funny. I mean, you probably heard me yelling some stuff. You probably think I'm a lot different outside of the car than I am in it. But, um, yeah, definitely he. Uh, both him and Derek Nealon, my spotter, they, they calm me down a bunch uh, during the race. And when I get really frustrated or mad when, when some things don't work out or, or not, when the car's not handling the way we want it to. But, yeah, I mean, definitely it's, um, you know, there was a, a strategy deal there. It's a, it's a fuel mileage race. And, um, you know, we knew that those guys were going to come back to us a little bit during the race. And that's what happened. We, were, we, we really thought we had a good shot at second place there. But the 22 save so much gas he uh he kind of held on to it but um but yeah he's like i said he um he knows how frustrated i get sometimes and um it's uh i'm i'm kind of a whole different person when i get in the car and um how it acts so um he, he definitely keeps me keeps me a little calm that's right brother and, Brett, my final question before you hand you over to Stephen Wilson. Last year you were on a part-time schedule there on the uh, – which last year we had the general tire. You actually got to run the Hoosier tire the year before that. 
Can you let our listeners know a little bit about what the difference in the Hoosier tire and the general tire is, or is there any difference at all? Uh, I mean, honestly, not not much difference. I mean, it was uh, General Tire kind of came into the series, and they bought they really bought the name, um, but didn't you know so much as as change the product as much, which is fine. I mean, I think the product they have for the series is is uh, is good. I mean, we you know on, on intermediates they don't wear out too bad, but uh, short track racing it's uh, a big a tire race. You know, tire strategy call there with um, only having six in the pits and and uh, that's a that's a big deal when some races go um, have have very few cautions. But um, but yeah, they've um, I think with their involvement in the series, they've been a lot better for sure. I mean, it, it's the same product, but um, the the company as a whole, General Tire, they've uh, they've put a lot into the series and sponsoring races and and uh, even have their own little um, Super Speedway Challenge or series within our, our point standing. So it's uh, they definitely helped us out a lot. They do a lot of PR and marketing for us and the drivers, and um, they've been nothing but a benefit to the series and us. And, Brett, I want to thank you for taking time to come on tonight. I'm going to hand you over to uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. But, uh, like I said, everybody here in Talladega, we, we're pulling for you. And, like I said, you're right up there in Mumford. You ain't but about 10 miles from me, but. Uh, Brett, thank you very much for coming on, and good luck for the rest of the season. Can't wait to see you get a track in the upcoming future. And uh, tell your dad we said hello, and I'm hanging you over to Stephen, brother. All right, yes, sir. We'll do it. Thank you, man. Brett, I appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. Um, I really only got one question. It's kind of a, I guess, a complex question, to be honest. Um, you know, NASCAR at the end of the has already taken over the series to some degree, but at the end of the year they will fully take over the ARCA series. Um, what do you expect to change um, with the ARCA racing series, or have you heard what type of changes that the ARCA racing or the ARCA Menard series will go through um, in the 2020 season? Are you just talking as a whole, or are you talking about cars or schedule or anything specific, or just as a whole? Just, just, just as a whole, like you know, what, what, what are you guys prepping for at this point for the 2020 season? You know, schedule changes, car changes, integration with the K&N series, maybe, or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of like a overall broad spectrum of what you guys are already hearing that um, will be changed uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, yeah, I got you. Um, so uh, as of right now, I mean, we, we haven't made any changes uh, at the shop or to our cars, really. Um, we know the biggest difference right now between the cars from this year and next year um, are the rear-end housings. And um, they're, they're doing that, uh, making everybody have the same, same rear-end housings for – for skew, um, for rear end skew of a car, and uh, that that's probably the biggest change right now. I think. I mean, we're all going to be on the same bodies, obviously, and hopefully, we'll still be with Millmore Motors. They, they haven't given us a um, solid concrete, you know, um, motor answer really yet. But um, and I know there's going to be some schedule changes. Um, I would assume we're we are. Uh, possibly going to Martinsville. I'm not 100% sure, but I know they did 
a test at Martinsville. Um, I know we're still going to be racing at Daytona and Talladega and Charlotte next year. Um, you know, some of the bigger marquee races for us, we're still going to be going to, but, um, and I also know our checks are going to come from Daytona now. So that's, uh, um, honestly, that's, that's the biggest thing they've, they've revealed to us. I mean, obviously it's already been put out there that there's still going to be a K&N East and West, but there's also, um, you know, the, the K&N cars will be able to race at the ARCA short tracks also. So, um, you know, honestly, um, our, our team has just been focused on this year and getting better um, with the summer schedule and the amount of people we have and being a one-car team. We, um, we're we just working on improving speed every week. Um, I know we've we've picked up a lot and had, a, had some good top five finishes and ran it from and had a chance to win at Charlotte. But um, we still got a lot to catch up on those guys. The 22 and 25 are, are super fast right now, and, um, we're we're going to the racetrack trying different things to to help improve that and I think we showed that in Michigan we we were a little bit better and um, but uh, like I said right now we um, we haven't made any changes as far as the team goes yet I'm not sure what our plan or outlook is until um, the ARCA season's over and and how well we've done because um, we we're not sure we might you know we might not be racing in ARCA in, in next year we don't know yet I mean it's just kind of depends on a couple of factors and um but uh that's that's all i know for right now but uh, that's the best way i can answer that as a whole though right i appreciate you taking the time to come on here sorry my question is a little bit short but that was kind of my biggest question that i have for you um good luck in the rest of the arc racing series and uh before we get you out of here um we're going to give you the time to thank your sponsors and let everybody know how they can follow you out on social media. Again, appreciate you taking time to come on, and good luck. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on, as always. And, um, yeah, you can keep up with us on our website, uh, brettholmes.com, and our, our Facebook page, uh, Brett Holmes Racing. Um, yeah, this one thing doing, uh, this is this is mostly a family-run deal, so uh, obviously I want to connection and, and uh, some of our secondary sponsors, like Seven States Bank and Sunbelt Rentals and um, Welburn Family Farms uh, for helping us out this year. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brett. Brett Holmes there, Stephen. Uh, I didn't know he was right up the road from me. His hometown is Mumford, Alabama. It ain't but about the weather crow. I always say the weather crow fly. He's just about eight miles up the road, too up Highway 21, the way you and AM come in toward uh, toward my house in Dagan last year, y'all come right through, y'all come right by Brett Holmes's place there, Holmes Excavating too there. But uh, Stephen, we got here shortly, we've got uh, Kyle Weatherman coming on. Uh, let's take a little quick break, and everybody go use the potty or whatever we got to do, and I'm going to go get me another glass of Chardonnay. But uh, we will be right back after this short song there from uh, – Luke Bryan, fast. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigestRadio.com, Stephen Wilson, and my darling wife, Suzanne Spain, on the phone lines. We'll be right back. Fast. That's the kind of car you want to drive when you're 16. 
that The kind of boys that you want on your home team fast Yeah, you think you're gonna catch your big dreams just like that fast And here you are, looking back Sixty seconds now feels more like thirty TikTok won't stop and round it goes What your parents said when we were falling in love is too fast. There ain't no way the two of us were ever gonna last, but we did, and here we are. And our only problem is 60 seconds now feels more like 30. TikTok won't stop and round it goes. Digest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. We've had, we've got our next guest coming on. Let's bring on uh, uh driver of the uh, number 51 there. Uh, Rick Ware racing this past weekend at Michigan. Mr. Kyle Weatherman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Kyle Witherman, how are you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You guys uh, 
had the awesome pump up music to bring me in here. I'm uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to go here. All right, brother. We got you. Like I said, you're in a pit stop with B. Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Woodson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway, so uh, he's he's the expert panel. But Cal, uh, I want to. I know it was shortly, but I want to talk about this past weekend at uh, Richmond. Uh, you had the opportunity there to drive uh, the the forward there for Rick Ware Racing. Talk a little bit about your weekend. I know you had some on track time, and we had to wait till. Uh, Monday afternoon to run it, and it was almost like a Monday night football game, like everybody said on Sirius XM Radio. But talk a little bit about your weekend and how everything went there with you and Rick Ware Race. Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool weekend. Obviously, I've I've been a part of this team uh, since Daytona, and you know, to to work uh, actually to be able to drive for the team that I've I've been helping out uh, all year was was awesome. You know, I've I've gotten to know these guys very well, and. And, uh, you know, I, I'm part of a team as well. So um, to finally get, you know, my hard work to pay off and, and get an opportunity to drive the 51 uh, Jacobs company um, forward for Rick Ware was, was amazing. Uh, obviously, you know, it was definitely not the result that we wanted, but we definitely showed a lot of speed and, um, and, and obviously just um, a, a really good weekend uh, for that. So, uh, you know, very thankful, very blessed to have the opportunity and uh, excited to see what to come, uh, you know, comes up of it here. And Kyle, I want to go back to when you first started. Uh, you know, you've uh, you've ran some Bandoleras. Uh, you run some stuff at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You ran the Arca Series. You teamed up with Roush Fenway Development Lear Motorsports back in 2015 in the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series. You've you've actually done a lot. Can you let it let our listeners know exactly what propelled you to this level to get that ride there with Rick Ware Racing? I have been involved with a lot of teams, um, and, and it's really cool. And, and I will say one thing: um, I, I've never been involved with with a team owner like Rick and, and Lisa. They, they both are, are very passionate about what they do, uh, and, and they're building their brand and their, and their program. And, and that's what I'm trying to do as a race car driver. You know, I'm kind of in the same situation. I'm trying to build my brand and, and my name and, and my repetition. And, uh, and it's very cool to be a part of a team that that's in, in, in my same shoes as well. We're both. We're both growing uh, each day, each week, and uh, and it's really showing. You know, obviously, like I said, it was very unfortunate to uh, have the result that we did, uh, but we definitely showed a lot of speed, and we were very competitive with with uh, cars that we're you know trying to race. Obviously, each week we're trying to get better, and obviously we want to run as good as we possibly can, and that's why it frustrates me so much, just because obviously uh, you know we didn't have you know the result that we should have. But uh, it, like I said, this is a very uh, awesome team to work for. Um, very blessed, very thankful to be a part of this team because uh, their drive and their ambition is the same, uh, you know, as what I have. So uh, to be a part of this team and just grow, uh, to be a part and, and to kind of grow with this team is awesome. And obviously I want to do the best for this team uh, and make them look good. So, and obviously if I do that, I, in return it makes me look good. So that's my goal and, you know, very, very thankful. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we have more opportunities coming here and hopefully we can announce them here shortly. That's right. And, Cal, if, if I can, I want to say uh, I had been texting uh, Lisa Ware there to, get, to actually get you on on our show, and I want to thank Lisa and Rick Ware Racing for allowing you to come on the show. And I, I want to mention this. Suzanne and I, we were sitting there watching the race, and, you know, when she run a few laps in, and this don't mean nothing bad towards you, but whenever you had that wreck, I was like, excuse my language, I was like, shit, Suzanne, that's our guest for this coming weekend. But 
can you talk a little bit about how the tire wear there was at, at uh, Michigan there, uh, Kyle, uh, and going to that green racetrack there and running a Monday afternoon race there at Michigan International Speedway. What? That that was just cool as hell running that Monday afternoon race, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we were all kind of antsy. You know, they're obviously all, you know, kind of sitting around and, and waiting. Obviously, the rain delay kind of pushed us back, and, and uh, the race wasn't until Monday at 5 at night, you know. So, like I said, we were all at the racetrack, you know, kind of just antsy and ready to go. Uh, you know, so definitely had to, uh, once the race came, you know, kind of get in our mindset and, and, and kind of refocus of, of what we had to do. Uh, you know, like I said, it was definitely a cool experience. Uh, obviously, we don't race on Monday a lot. So to do that and to have, like you said, kind of like a kind of like a Monday night, you know, football kind of feel, it was really cool to be a part of. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, definitely not the result that we wanted. You know, it is very unfortunate. But, uh, you know, this is a team and myself that never gives up. And, and obviously what we're going to do is, is kind of put this behind us, you know, build on it learn from it and, uh, and keep on moving forward. And, and like I said, it's, um, you know, definitely not the results we want, but, you know, we, we'll all grow as a team, learn as a team. Uh, I'll learn as a driver and, and, you know, definitely not make mistakes like that again and, and uh, just keep on going forward. Like I said, it's, it's very cool to be a part of a team that's, that's growing and, and building, and, uh, and all we're going to do is keep on moving forward, and, and that's what's really cool about this team and, and myself. Hey, man, Cal. Well, this is us, Cal Weatherman there. Uh... Rick Ware racing driver in the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series. Kyle, I'm, uh, I want to thank you very much for coming on tonight. I'm going to hand you over to my expert analyst, Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. And, again, thank you very much. Good luck on the rest of the Stephen season, and we'll look to have you back on the show soon. Thanks, Kyle. Yes, sir, anytime. Kyle, thanks for taking the time to come on here tonight. Um what do you think the biggest hurdles for you are right now, running such uh, limited between both the Monster Energy Series and the Xfinity Series? You know, the biggest thing is obviously just kind of, you know, remember where you're at. Obviously, the both cars drive uh, very differently. Uh, you know, so like this weekend, I was actually driving in both the series. And, and like I said, just the biggest thing, uh, is just to kind of remember where you're at and obviously what car you're driving and stuff like that, uh, you know, not to overdrive the corner in Xfinity car. Uh, the cup car, we were actually wide open for, uh, you know, I'd say 90% of even the race as well. Uh, you know, so that's a little bit different situation. But, uh, you know, for example, when you get in the Xfinity car or whatever, obviously you kind of kind of remember what, what you're in and what, what your situation is and, and just not overdrive the Xfinity car to, to what you've got to do there. But uh, like I said, it's definitely uh, very cool to, that have opportunities to run in both series, uh, you know, and definitely, uh, obviously, uh, on my behalf, it's just a really good learning learning experience, and obviously, just kind of builds towards, uh, you know, Sunday trying to make you know your results there as best as you can. Obviously, I want to run good in both series, and like I said, just very very thankful and blessed to uh, to have opportunities to do that, and hopefully, hopefully, we can keep on going and moving forward in that direction. Um, you know, you you had a you started off kind of like many drivers out there do, and you ran Bandlers and Legends. Just how critical is that um, for a driver to start in those series, such as the such as go-karts and Bandleros and Legends, um, to get the fundamentals of racing? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely very important. Obviously, it's definitely, uh, you know, the foundation of, of anything. Just like uh, if you're playing football, baseball, obviously you've got to start when you're younger. 
uh, you can always have that skill and, and that mindset to, to want to do good. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, repetition and, and experience and, uh, you know, getting your, your feet wet and, uh, you know, you know, racing, for example, or, or football or baseball, obviously, if you've got to start young and, and the more experience and the more repetition and, and the more uh, routine everything can get, obviously the easier stuff will come. So uh, it is very important to, you know, kind of, um, you know, you know, you know, really get, you know, in deep with, uh, in depth with, you know, your, your background. And when you start young, obviously just get your mindset uh, early of, of what you want to do. And that's what I did uh, ever since I was eight years old, eight to 10 years old. I, I knew that this is what I wanted to do uh, for a career path. And, and it's something I love. And, that, and that's what you've got to find with anything. You've just got to find something that you love and, and drive and, and something that motivates you. And that's what I found. And, and uh, you know, I'm not going to stop until I get where I want to be. And, and, uh, and that's, that's winning cup races and winning championships. And, and uh, you know, this is just the beginning of, of where it all starts. And like I said, it's just uh, very, very exciting to, to see what comes here and, and uh, keep on moving forward here. You know, uh, we, we talk to a lot of different drivers all the time. And, you know, we talk to drivers that are in the best equipment in the world. And we talk to every driver in between. You know, there's a common factor or common theme sometimes is that, I mean, we've even seen, for example, like Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, was struggling for sponsorship at one point. Just from your perception of the sponsorship and the way that sponsorship does work in the sport, just how do you differentiate yourself when you try and go to sponsors or you try and go to partners and uh, get the funding that's needed to to further your career. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely the the, dip, the biggest uh, differential from other sports until this one. Obviously, funding is, is a very important factor to to move forward. Uh, obviously, your your brand uh, as as a name, Kyle Weatherman, for example. Obviously, your brand is very important. So you've got to do everything you, you can to make your brand more valuable than the next and. Obviously, you know, right now that's kind of through social media and, and, and how you speak and how you represent yourself on and off the racetrack. Uh, you know, obviously they want you, to have, you, they want you to have talent behind the race car, obviously, to, to make their, um, you know, their you know, um, sponsor look good. Uh, but at the end of the day, they want you to be able to speak and, and you know, represent yourself well and, and represent their brand well. Uh, and it's definitely, definitely very, very difficult to kind of make everything happen. And, you know, I've, I've found... Uh, about four or five drivers that I've really paid attention to, and I'm trying to not be like them, but you know, in ways represent the same way they have or, or are doing now. Uh, you know, so obviously I'm trying to build Kyle Weatherman as as my own name, uh, but I've also got you know five drivers that uh, have raced or are racing now that I just really pay attention to and and respect what they've done, and I'm trying to build. Uh, I guess you can kind of say five drivers into one. And, and make uh, and, and make myself you know as valuable as I can. Touch on one point that I just want to expand upon real quick is that you know social media has consumed people's lives. We consume more news and more information through social media than we probably do from any other platform in the world. Um, just how imperative is it? Um, that you, as a driver, and your brand, and, and the partners that you work with, utilize uh, um, social media platforms not only as a way just to, to to promote the sponsor, but also to 
engage and connect with fans that, you know, this, again, this is a platform that we've never had the access that is available today. Um, so just how imperative is that, the social media, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, and et cetera, that, you, you know, you're, you're promoting yourself, you're promoting your, 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 your partners, but you're also out there actively engaged within the platforms. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely social media has definitely taken over. Uh, I do my best to, you know, spread positivity. Uh, obviously, once you get on social media, you always have the negativity of sides, uh, of sides and, and, you know, situations that obviously people, for some reason, like spreading. Uh, you know, obviously, when I get on social media, I love to interact with my fans, but I'm also not going to, you know, interact with, with people that are spreading negativity. So uh, my biggest thing is obviously just to try to, um, you know, spread spread positivity, uh, spread the good news, and and uh, and build on that. You know, so that's definitely what uh, I'm trying to build. You know, my my brand more around. Uh, you know, definitely try to uh, look at the positive side of anything. Obviously, uh, there are obviously always you know bumps in the roads and stuff like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you just got to try to look at the bright side on anything and and build on that. Kyle, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight and talk to us. Before we get you out of here. Um, we're going to give you time, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media. Thank your partners and thank anybody out there that's gotten you to the point where you are today. And best of luck throughout the 2019 season. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so all my social media is just Kyle Weatherman. Uh, you know, obviously this this is a really cool year for me to be partnered with uh, with Rick Ware Racing. Uh, Rick and Lisa are a big, uh, you know, big, big part of, of my career right now, and, and they have been, uh, you know, previous years as well. So, uh, very thankful, and, and I, I'll say this a lot of times, uh, very thankful and very blessed to be here and to be represented, uh, you know, under the Rick Ware banner and, uh, and definitely wouldn't be here without them right now. So got to thank them for sure. Uh, Jacob's Company is, is a really big partner of Rick Ware as well, and, and uh, they were on our car this weekend. So, uh, you know, definitely definitely very, very thankful for them. And like I said, I, I really hope that we can kind of continue this route and, and keep on building on this and, and work with the 51 team and, and keep on moving forward. So uh, it's a great group of guys, uh, amazing team. And uh, like I said, all we're doing is, is building each week and getting better each week and, and uh, very excited for the future of what it holds. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, brother. I thank you guys for having me on. Sure thing. Kyle Witherman there, Stephen. Uh, made his debut with the NASCAR camp for uh, – the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series this weekend there with Rick Ware racing there at uh, Michigan. Uh, young man talks really, really well. And, you know, like you and I talk about, uh, we were talking about Brett Holmes there. Brett Holmes handles himself with the media really, really well. Kyle Weatherman does an awesome job with the media too. And that is one content that uh, the Camp Royal Truck Series, Arker, Xfinity Series, Cup Series, they all want everybody to handle themselves really, really well with the media. And I don't think we've had anybody that had handled themselves in an awesome theme like Kyle Weatherman has. I mean, you know, he answered every question. He didn't dodge anything. Uh, kudos to Kyle Weatherman there, Steve. Well, a lot of times this is part of rookie orientation within these series is that they take these rookies and they they put them in front of panels of people, have them talk to them, have them get questions asked, 
um, you know, shove tape recorders and cameras in their faces. Um, you know, this is just it's an orientation process that you know every driver goes through when they come into NASCAR and running in the national series. And a lot of these drivers have already, you know, they they've already been through things like this in the K&N or Arca series or some others because that they're you know, Holly, uh, you know, their star power is already there behind them. Like take a Chase Elliott, for example, or Ryan Blaney. Uh, you know, these are legacy drivers that, that, you know, not necessarily may need to go to these rookie orientations because they've been in the sport so long. But it's just a good opportunity for them as a refresher to learn new techniques when when talking to the media and how to handle themselves and, you know, we have a lot of drivers out there that, you know, I think, uh, you know, NASCAR has continued to say that, you know, they want drivers to be themselves and they want to show emotions and things like that. And that's good for the sport. And, you know, when, when um, drivers come on and answer our questions and um, tell us what's going on, you know, that just furthers and deepens the conversation as well as telling these drivers stories um, because that's imperative to the sport that if we're not telling the stories, and nobody's going to watch because they don't know who the people are and they're just not going to care. And, and the storytelling has to go along with with this. And, you know, I think the drivers are um, will adapt to the fact of, you know, that's what they have to do is they have to be able to handle themselves in front of sponsors and partners and media and television and radio and, you know, everything in between. Exactly, Stephen. And you and I have been uh, on that good side there. Uh, NASCAR has uh, told everybody that has come on our show uh, to be nice and courteous. And, you know, I think that's a big deal, too, because we are a family show. Uh, we love for kids to listen because you and I, we try to get out the perspective of uh, race weekend at every track that you and I cover. And every track that you and I are not there, we still try to cover. But, again, uh, I want to talk about uh, the Cup Series. But before we go that route, I want to take a little break again because I know you hadn't had a break. I've took two breaks. Uh, let's take a little break, and we'll come back and talk about uh, Joe Logano winning the Monday night football special there at Michigan International Speedway. Uh, and we got to talk a little bit about this. Some drivers says he jumped to restart. Some drivers said he don't. Larry McReynolds quotes the rule and all that. But, again, uh, let's take a little quick break, and we will be right back live from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim with Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Woods will be right back after this song from Three Doors Down. Yes, 
On July 6th, gather your family and friends for summer's biggest celebration, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at Daytona. Experience a weekend of excitement with racing under the lights and celebrate Independence Day with patriotic tributes and the region's largest fireworks display over the infield at Daytona. The Coke Zero Sugar 400 will be a celebration to remember. Adult tickets start at $49, kids $20. Lock in your seats at 1-800-PIT-SHOP or DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. is back at Sonoma Raceway, June 21st through 23rd. Be there as NASCAR's biggest stars take on a new course, including the infamous carousel, plus a jet show, activities for the kids, food, and much more. Celebrate Sonoma Raceway's 50th anniversary at the Toyota Save Mart 350, June 21st through 23rd. Tickets start at just $30, part of the Big O' Tires racing season. For details, visit SonomaRaceway.com. We're back live from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, before we get out of here, I want to play uh, some of the Media Center audio there. Joe Logano uh, won there at Michigan this past Monday evening, the rain-delayed race there. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, some of the drivers claim that he jumped to restart, but let's listen to a little bit about what Joe Logano had to say in the Media Center there at uh, Michigan International Speedway. Let me start talking. We are now joined by Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford for Team Penske and tonight's winner of the Firekeepers Casino 400. If you have any questions for Joey, please raise your hand, state your name and affiliation, and we'll get you a microphone. Start out with Steve right over here. Thank you. Uh, Steve Swites has a last compress. Joey, Todd said that you guys had sat down earlier uh, uh, in the weekend and laid out a plan and uh, that it uh, absolutely worked to perfection. Um, the, can you answer honestly? <laughs> had you been caught back in 20th spot, you know, on a restart, uh, would it have been possible to work your way back to the front? Could you? Did you have the card? Well, I, I can't honestly answer that because we weren't back there um, on how that would have played out, but uh yeah i mean they, they laid out a plan and pretty much filled me in on what it was going to be <laughs> and uh i was in on the plan and i was i was bought in i was good with it um and it's uh was nice to be able to show that the car had a lot of speed throughout the whole race um i'm proud of that what i'm more proud of though is, is just the way we handled everything throughout the weekend um you know we, we unloaded with speed but the car didn't drive good we were able to put some handling in the car got the car driving decent uh, qualifying in the front row and, and putting on the pole is huge. Um, that paid dividends throughout the whole race. Uh, and then the execution, you know, the, the strategy, the pit stops, the and the driver did pretty good too. Made one mistake, but he made up for it, so that's good. And, um, you know, ultimately be able to be in victory lane. You don't have days like that that are so close to perfect. That doesn't happen very often in, in our sport. So, um like I said, I'm very proud of the effort that we've had that we've had really the last few weeks, but um, from the execution side. But this time we had the speed and had the, the execution going along with it, and that's what really uh, paid off for today. And ultimately, getting a, a Ford and, and bringing Mustang into victory lane for the first time uh, at Michigan. So I'm um, very very proud and honored to be uh, the guy that's bringing a car like that into victory lane for the first time at, at a racetrack that's in their backyard. Matt, right here. Matt Weaver, Auto Week. I've got two for you, Joey. Uh, first of all, you didn't seem to have the challenge that a lot of guys did when they were running second 
it just gets stuck behind you and could not break through that, that wall of air. Um, what was it like for you, and, and how were you able to do what they weren't? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's if you can, if it was one thing, it would be pretty simple, right? But it's not. It takes the it takes the car. It takes the you know the the spotter and driver being on the same page. It takes just everyone really understanding what's happening around you at that moment. Um, you know, and there's times that you know certain cars just can't do what we did today, uh, right? We had a we had a great car that was able to that allowed me to execute moves and, and actually be successful with them. Um, you know, sometimes you have a you have a car where you can make these moves, but you can't successfully pull them off. Um, and then that's that's when you just you never get there, right? That's when you run fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth through those cars that just can't get there. Um, you know, we've all been there. But today I had a car that was able to do it. And we took advantage of that. Martin all said that you had jumped the final restart from your vantage point. How did you feel about that? Well, I, I was able to see it right in front of me. I hit it when I got there. I had a good start, though, wasn't it? That was a good one. That one felt good. Yeah. Taylor DeSormo with MLive.com. Kurt actually said he was a little disappointed to see the caution with the last couple laps to go. Were you more nervous when they were reeling you in um, before the caution, or did do you think you had a better chance with the caution flag coming out? I felt like we were in great shape um, before the caution came out. <laughs> I thought that was where I wanted to be. Those two cars behind me, um, you know, 19, you know, nothing against them, but his car didn't handle very well. I could tell uh, from behind me that that he was not going to be able to pull off a move to pass me. Um, I, I didn't think, um, without a lot of help from the one at some point. Uh, and I didn't think that was going to happen in, in a couple laps. So I felt pretty confident I was in good shape there. Um, and then the caution comes out, and to be honest with you, as, as the leader, you're like, ah, oh, right? But the race fan part of me is like, heck, yeah, this is going to be a great race for everyone to watch. And, and uh, so I'm glad it worked out for both of us. You know, I was able to. Uh, we, we were able to win the race, and then you know the fans were able to get something really exciting there at the end. Not that it wasn't an exciting race. There's a lot to, a lot going on, and a lot of um, moving around there on the racetrack. Go to Eric in the back right there. Hey, with Joe Lagano there in the Midget Center at Michigan International Speedway after he won the uh, Firekeepers Casino 400 there. He mentioned that he didn't jump the restart. There's a lot of stuff on social media about where. People say Joey jumped to restart, but the way the NASCAR rule book reads, uh, there's a clause in there that says the start of the race is green flag, and the end, at the end of the race is the checkered flag. But looking at it now and looking at it then, Stephen, I don't think Joey jumped to restart. The restart. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think he did. You know, it's just, I think there's just some people that are, you know, look at this and think that he jumped them and, you know, they're, they're, they wish that they had won instead of Joe Logano. And I think that's just the racer, you know, looking at things and seeing things from a, a different perspective and not necessarily, you know, um, you know that they're they're looking at it in the moment versus big picture type thing. Yes, I will definitely agree, David. 
And Stephen, let's get ready to, to jump out of here. Uh, before we jump out, I want you to. Uh, it's Father's Day weekend. Uh, we got the M&M's 200 there at Iowa Speedway for the Gander Outdoor Truck Series, and we got the CircuitCity.com 250 there, also at Iowa Speedway for the Xfinity Series. The Cup Series is off. Uh, I don't want to put you on a spot, but can you let everyone know what the schedule is, bro? Yeah, um, Iowa Speedway this weekend, 5.35 p.m. Friday. I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon. Gander Outdoors Camp World Truck Series qualifying single lap uh, for all, uh, single vehicle two laps for all positions there. This is a short track, so they don't use one lap. There's two laps on short tracks one mile and below. The M&M's 200 NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series, 8.30 p.m., 200 laps, 175 miles for them. Um, and then on Sunday afternoon, uh, the 2.205 NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying from Iowa Speedway. Again, uh, single vehicle, two laps, all positions for that. And the, the Circuit City 250, 5.30 p.m., 250 laps, 218.75 miles. We'll make the distance on that one, MRN. Sirius XM Radio will have your radio, FS1 will have your television coverage for the weekend. Thanks, brother. Stephen, before we jump out of here, I want to thank Britt Holmes. For Britt Holmes racing there, he is uh, he's running P2 there in the, uh, in the championship points. I want to thank Britt for coming on. I want to thank Kyle Weatherman for taking time to come on, making his NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. NASCAR Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series debut there with Rick Ware racing in the Cup Series. He done really well. I'm gonna thank all of them. Stephen, I want to thank you, and I want to thank AM for all she does for everything that we do. I want to thank my darling wife Suzanne Despain for manning the phones here. And Stephen, we're gonna to talk to you next Tuesday evening live. From Talladega Super Speedway, I'm Timmy Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. We'll talk to you next week. See you. I'm a dirt road in the headlights. I'm a mama's boy, I'm a fist fight Kinda county line, kinda cold beer Little hat down, little John Deere I kinda give a damn, I kinda don't care You see the girl standing right there She loves a small town boy like me She's my ride or die, baby She's my cool, she's my crazy She's my laid back in the front seat She's my with me
ride or die, baby, I'm a cool, I'm a crazy, I'm a laid back in the front seat. I'm so with you to the end, girl, I'm turning up the tear, girl. She can have anybody that she wants to be, anywhere she wants to be. She loves a small town boy like 